she was found by a self-deployed volunteer. They knew we were in the area doing a, it's a very large area. We were doing a wood, woodland search. Um, and this individual self-deployed and located her body, called 911 immediately. But it's clear from the time our investigators, police officers arrived on the scene that we were not dealing with an accidental injury or something self-inflicted. We were dealing with a violent homicide. Hey, Sheriff, thank you very much. Good luck with the investigation. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. That does it for us tonight. Thanks for watching. Banfield starts now. everybody and welcome to Tuesday night. It's great to have you here on the show. Um, there's something that I, I have a great fear of and I think it's totally irrational, but hear me out, uh, going off a bridge in my car and then not being able to get out and the car going down and under. You've thought of it. I know you have. It's one of those weird things. You've seen it in a movie probably. And then when I heard about this story in Doral, Florida today, where they've uncovered like dozens and dozens of sunken cars in this one lake, in this tiny little area, I immediately got the willies about that fear that I dream of every so often. Were there people in those cars? So I've got the full skinny on what's going on uh, with this weird, weird uh, find. And the people who found those cars under the water, P.S., they go back to like the 50s. The cars go back to the 50s. So something's been going on a long time, and this has been a secret dumping ground for a long time. But the big question is, yeah, how criminal might it be? Look at these pictures. It's clear as day when you've got the right gear. But imagine just sort of coming upon this, because you know what? This was not a tip. This was a bunch of divers actually looking uh, for, you know, cold case clues, missing persons, etc. And they just came upon dozens and dozens of sunken cars. Yeah, I'm as confounded about this one as you are, but the person who did the dive and made the find is going to join me on the show tonight, so you're going to have to join me. 32! 32 cars! They're bringing them out like this, old monsters from the deep. What secrets do they reveal, and are there any bodies in them? Because that's what I always think of. How do you get rid of a body? You roll the car into the lake. I just wonder if that happened 32 times. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Also, you know that story that we, um, we led the show with last night? Such a creepy story out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, a, a suspected serial rapist, I don't know, maybe killer, uh, built this cinder block prison in his garage. And a woman inside that prison who'd been held uh, bloodied herself until she scraped her way out and escaped. And they caught him. And they mugshotted him. And now all of a sudden the stories are starting to just like fly out of the woodwork. So yesterday I told you they were looking into two more states. Today, the news is they now think he might be responsible for serial rapes and, uh, and horrible um, assaults on 16-year-old girls. I'm going to give you that whole story and then guess what else. In Portland, Oregon, where that horrible cell was built in that garage, uh, there are a bunch of sex workers who, News Nation, well, we've interviewed them. And yeah, they knew him. Oh boy, did they know him. So you're going to hear what they have to say about that guy. Uh, his name is uh, Nagasi Zuberi, and he has a whole bunch of aliases, too. And they know him. So you'll hear that. Also, the Long Island serial killer suspect, Rex Hureman. Uh, I have never really understood. If you're innocent of something, right? You go to court and you say to the judge, not guilty, when you make your first plea. You would think you would kind of do everything if you really are not guilty. You would think that you would kind of do everything to prove it, Right? I'll tell you anything. I'm not your guy. I'll give you my DNA. I'll do everything. Well, no, apparently not. Because Rex Hureman's lawyer says, no, you can't swab his cheek for DNA. What now? Like, do what now? <laughs> That's the latest. I think it's a little odd. But this is the tack they are taking uh, to get him out of those cuffs. All the while, we've been thinking about, you know, serial killers and why they do what they do. Because the, the Hewerman allegation is that he killed at least three, maybe four, uh, maybe lots more. Because there are 11 bodies found on Gilgo Beach on Long Island. Why do the serial killers choose certain dumping grounds? So I went to the Google, as I often do. And boy, oy, 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 all of a sudden, like, 
all these stories came up about the, the chosen places and what they mean and the hidden meanings and the, the sacred ground of the, ugh, what they all say uh, for the reason they choose their places to dump their bodies and why they go back. So you're going to hear um, about some of the most popular dumping grounds, why they choose them, and why these uh, areas say something about the killers themselves. Okay, so let's start in Doral, Florida. If you've been there, uh, it's just east of Miami Airport, super busy in Miami, uh, this lake where they found all these vehicles. It was a volunteer civilian dive team that was actually researching cold cases. Kind of interesting. They're called United Search Corps. Um, they have a giant database of all of these missing people and the vehicles that they were driving when they were last seen. And they searched these bodies of water, you know, looking for these missing people. And Lo and behold, in searching this particular lake uh, on your screen, they came across not just one, not just two, 32, 32 submerged vehicles. It's real low visibility, they say. They weren't actually sure of how many cars they hit right away. So uh, this is cool. The divers right away started to, like, memorize the plates by feeling them. So they're feeling the plate numbers and then, you know, transmitting that information to the surface. Police were also able to read some of the VIN numbers on these vehicles when they came out. Turns out uh, our divers now are telling us that the vehicles date back from the 40s, 50s, and the 1960s. I'm always, like, fascinated when they drag these things out, right? Like, what secrets are in there? Also, what guck and goo and goop, uh, you know, are, is in those uh, cars? And please, God, tell me there's not a body in the trunk, right? Four cars so far have been pulled out. Weather's really bad, though. They had to stop. But they got four of them out so far. First one was a 2002 Nissan Altima. Um, other reports say it was an Acura Legend, uh, last built in 1995. Uh, it is confirmed stolen. No surprise there. But um, they also pulled out a Ford Econoline 350 van, and they got a Cadillac Sedan DeVille, manufactured somewhere between 1958, 1958 and 2005. We're not sure which year. I know we'll, we'll know soon because, you know, 1958... Uh, that's, that's a long time ago. They do expect that all the vehicles are going to be older makes and models, and they also say that they were all likely dumped before they built that whole area out into the commercial zone that it is now. Like, there's a Walmart there, there's a car dealership, lots of popular chain restaurants, but they think a lot of these cars were dumped there before it got busy. Maybe it was kind of the backwoods back then, don't know. Police said this. Uh, these are most likely the type of vehicles that we're going to find here dumped in this lake. Vehicles that were abandoned and they wanted to get rid of them. Or those that were taken for a joyride. They were stolen and were dumped inside the lake. But uh, homicide detectives are on standby. That is no surprise given what you might find in a trunk. Um, but is this going to solve any cold cases? Doug Bishop is a diver who made the discovery. And I am thrilled to say he's joining me now live. Doug, first of all, wow, way to go. What a find. What are your first thoughts about what you and your pals have come across? Uh, this is pretty typical for what it is that we all do. Uh, and, uh, you know, no vehicles underwater for a good reason. And we're really uh, optimistic about the potential answers that some of these vehicles that we discovered beneath the surface of that lake there may hold. But I'm thinking, you know, you're doing this work, you're, you're trying to solve cold cases by diving and finding these vehicles that may have been where the missing person was last driving. But Shazam, you come across 32 of them all at once. That has to be an anomaly in your line of work. Yes, yes. And anytime we, we find as many cars in one spot, it's definitely indicative of a possible organized crime unit uh, and definitely a, a dumping ground of sorts. And, you know, we're talking about the the time frames you just mentioned, you know, there's a lot of organized crime, a lot of cartel activity during those decades in South Florida. Um, and, you know, one thing this is, it's, it's definitely not a Doug Bishop thing. This, this is a team thing. You know, we had Sunshine State Sonar and, and, and Recon Dive Recovery and a lot of other people there that made this happen. This was a huge team effort of multiple teams together that, that were, able, were out there working 20 hours over the last few days in order to locate these vehicles and dive on them all in some really bad conditions. So it's uh, it, it, it hats off to them. All credit goes to those guys, and uh, they deserve it all for sure. Well, you're, you're certainly self-effacing, but I'm going to say what I heard about you and your work was that you were feeling out the plates almost by Braille 
to get that information to the surface. So you're effectively supplying the police with what could be evidence that will solve, you know, cold cases that could be cold back to the 40s. Correct. Absolutely. Um, just because none of these vehicles matched up to the cases that we had in our databases uh, doesn't mean that these case these vehicles are connected to other missing persons cases that just weren't reported. And just because a vehicle is considered dumped and stolen, uh, we also know that the, the bodies turn up in stolen dumped vehicles, especially from those decades and that time frame. This is actually a very popular method of disposing of human remains related to various criminal activities. So, you know, I'm not sure if the police are, are telling you much um, or if the police even really know much because this is just happening really as we speak. But have they shared anything with you, given the fact that you were the person that brought this trove of sort of mysterious evidence? Yeah, we're in very close communication with the Miami-Dade Marine Unit. Uh, they were very thankful with the method in which, you know, our team's uh, marked these vehicles, uh, you know, cataloged the data and intelligence that the divers were able to go down there and retrieve. And it all, it's making this recovery process a lot more efficient for them. And it's, it's going to take some time. They, you know, the weather was bad today. They were able to recover four of those vehicles, which is, which is really hard to do with vehicles this old. And uh, there's a long way to go. And then they're going to work very hard. They're taking it very seriously. I will tell you that. Sure, of course. They're not saying anything officially yet, Doug, about the possibility of human remains in any of these vehicles. But you said it, you know, right off the top of the show, no car is submerged at the bottom of a lake for a good reason. And I'm just curious if there's any, you know, quiet whispers around all those homicide detectives who are standing by, um, because there just might be a, a revelation. Are you hearing anything about the possibilities at this point? Oh, I, I, absolutely. They are on the edge of their seats. They fully um, expect any one of those vehicles to possibly hold answers for a family and, and their community in one of their cases. Um, and it, it's, it's extremely likely, especially when there's that many vehicles in one location. Does that mean that's going to happen? No, absolutely not. But, you know, the, the odds are there that one of those vehicles could possibly uh, hold answers and clues to a case that's long been forgotten about. I'm trying to picture, you know, you guys down there diving. Um, it's, you know, it's murky. You're probably not surprised if you come across one vehicle, maybe even two. But when you started to see sort of this, this, this train wreck of, of vehicles that were down there, I'm picturing your eyes bugging out under your mask. Like, take me there. Give me your thought process and what you instantly were believing about the scene you were witnessing. Yeah. Um, no sooner than we got there, you know, Mike Sullivan with Sunshine State Sonar, which you're seeing right now in the boat. Uh, he wasn't on the water no more than 15 minutes before, you know, he, he said he found three cars. And a couple minutes goes by, there's six cars, there's eight cars, there's 12 cars. You know, so it's uh, in our line of work. This is this is why we do what we do. Uh, we're, we're hunting cars underwater. And when we have that many cars in one one place. Uh, we know we have our work cut out for us. But you know, that's what we're after. That's exactly why we do what we do. And um, it, it's, uh, it, it's some very intense moments, topside, uh, when the divers are all diving. Uh, it, it's some very intense diving as well. Uh, we're talking very, you know, at times, low visibility. Uh, you, you don't know what's next to you, whether it's an alligator or a fish, uh, but you have a mission that you're focused on. And, you know, what you're doing um, has to be very thorough. You know, when we're down there, we're, we're, we're cataloging, you know, the intelligence from those vehicles, makes, model, license plate. And whatever we can come up with while we're down there, um, that way when we get back topside, we can turn that uh, intelligence over to the authorities so then they can take it from there. Doug, my mom lives in Florida, and I'm afraid to even walk a foot from the edge of a water source. So the fact that you guys are down there feeling mysterious you know, objects by Braille, you have more guts than I could ever imagine. You're like a hero. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I hope that you can solve, you know, these, uh, help solve these, these mysteries for families um, who may actually get some answers after. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being on the show tonight. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me back on, and you have a wonderful weekend. Until next time.
Yeah, well, next time might be tomorrow because things might turn up. So, you know, stay close by your phone. Doug Bishop joining us from United Search Corps. Holy Dinah. So I want to bring in now cold case expert uh, Joseph Jackalone. He is a retired NYPD detective, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, also author of the book The Cold Case Handbook. Okay, Joseph, give me your read on everything you've been hearing about this, like, remarkable, mysterious graveyard of vehicles. Yeah, what a great find. I mean, this is uh, probably the largest one that I've heard of so far. This is there's been other, you know, scuba volunteer teams that have found people in cars before. I know at least in Michigan, in Ohio. So this is going to be interesting. I mean, 32 cars, lots of uh, chances of, of maybe solving a case here. So it's interesting. I mean, you could run the gamut, right, from insurance fraud to stolen cars to the joyriding to, of course, you know, the ultimate in homicide or just uh, accidents where somebody has, has drowned. So it's going to be interesting when they when they start getting all these cars at the surface. A lot of coincidences if it's 32 people that just accidentally drove in and drowned. I, I, I smell a rat, I'm telling you. But I'm curious about, and I don't know how the business works when it comes to, you know, finding things underwater, but um, I'm a little surprised that the police wouldn't be dragging more often back from the 40s until today to have discovered this a little sooner. Is that a little crazy? No, it's not crazy in the respect that, you know, the police aren't going to be going to every pond and start doing dives in, in some of these things unless they had some sort of information or evidence that lit, led them to it. So here's a, a prime example. You stumbled upon it. You know, the police department doesn't have the resources to be able to, to go through every pond or lake or, or what have you to look for uh, cars in this in this respect. And listen, 32 cars is not a coincidence. You know, the, the, it, to me, it also can indicate that, you know, way back when it was just a dumping ground for people who stole cars and just put them in there could have been stolen by the same group of people. But, you know, somebody else knew about this place. How many people knew about them? It's been going on for decades, apparently. That's, uh, that's, quite, that's quite interesting. Well, if it's a crime ring, it's like definitely a couple generations passing on that, you know, secret dumping ground if it goes back to the 40s. So, uh, you know, obviously I get it. Forensics are important, but I also know that water uh, is one of the number one enemies of forensics. What do you suspect they'll be able to actually glean from these cars? If there's no body in the car, what do you think they'll be able to get, forensically speaking, from the vehicles other than a VIN and a plate? Yeah, the chances of finding any forensics in the car would be about zero. The only thing that they can hope for is if they do find something in regards to a homicide or human remains in regards to skeletal, uh, you know, and bones and stuff like that. Other than that, I mean, you have a lot of fish activity, alligator activity. You have a lot of different uh, crime scene dynamics that kind of go against the police in this respect. Even if somebody was there 30 years ago, 20 years ago, there might not be any remnants of their of them anymore anyway. So... It's going to be tough. I mean, you're not going to find fingerprints or DNA or anything like this. They've been in the water way too long and too many different uh, aspects that you're dealing with here. Yeah, even if you find a wallet, maybe there'll be plastic in it that'll give you a name or something. But, um, you know, listen, there's no honor among thieves, right? So I'm not assuming that there's been some crime syndicate that's been passing down their favorite secret, secret dumping ground in the middle of Doral in Miami. Why do you suppose it's all in this one place, 32 of these vehicles submerged? Well, it had to be easy access, right? So it had to be something where, you know, it was easy to drive the cars there and get them into the water. Nobody was around. We know that this, that the it has been developed over the years, and that's probably the reason why the cars are so old in that respect, where you're not going to find new models because that access point is, is no longer there. Too many witnesses now, too many surveillance cameras, too many stores. So, you know... The more rural things used to be, the more times you'd find uh, and discover stuff like this. I mean, I look back into when they were building Starrett City in Brooklyn and they were uncovering human remains back then when they were, you know, digging through the dirt uh, along the weeds, along the belt park. It just happens that way. These become dumping grounds because nobody was there. And now that people are there, that's when these things get discovered. And maybe the dumping stopped just as soon as it got that busy. So many mysterious questions still didn't get answered. Uh, Joe Jacqueline, thanks for being very much. Uh, being, thanks for being here. Very much appreciate your insight. And maybe we'll have more to uh, to divulge tomorrow and the next day when the weather gets better down there. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Okay, I want to uh, go back to this this thing in Portland I mentioned off the top of the show. That cell. Ugh. 
like talk about the creeps, right? You hear about this like the, the it's like the the thing of horror movies, a, a cinder block cell built in someone's garage to hold women captive and maybe kill them there. Who knows? But the girl who was in there got out. So she could tell the story and she could point the finger. And they arrested the alleged uh, suspect in this case. His name is uh, Nagasi Zubari. And suddenly the stories are coming out of the woodwork or the cinder block work, whatever you want to call it. Uh, now we're hearing it's possible he may have targeted two 16-year-olds in Oakland, California, raped and assaulted them. But the stories from the sex workers on the streets of Portland, Oregon, that's the eye-popping stuff. Because, oh yeah, they know them. They said they knew them well. We're going to tell you that in just a moment. Stay with us. We're back in just a couple minutes. Friday, it's Iowa State Fair time. Rides, food, agriculture, and competitions. Morning in America will be in Des Moines, Iowa to take you to the fair. Friday, 6-5 Central on News Nation. Sometimes the lows of bipolar depression feel darkest before dawn. With Capilita, there's a chance to let in the light. Capilita is proven to deliver significant relief across bipolar depression. Unlike some medicines that only treat bipolar 1, Capilita treats both bipolar 1 and 2 depression. And in clinical trials, movement disorders and weight gain were not common. Call your doctor about sudden mood changes, behaviors, or suicidal thoughts. Antidepressants may increase these risks in young adults. Elderly dementia patients have increased risk of death or stroke. Report fever, confusion, stiff, or uncontrollable muscle movements, which may be life-threatening or permanent. These aren't all the serious side effects. Capilita can help you let in the light. Ask your doctor about Capilita. Find savings and support at Capilita.com. Arthritis pain? We say not today. Tylenol 8-Hour Arthritis Pain has two layers of relief. The first is fast. The second is long-lasting. We give you your day back so you can give it everything. Tylenol, number one doctor recommended for arthritis pain. What are you doing? I gotta hit the bathroom right now. That enlarged prostate has you going frequently. Yeah. Day and night. Ask your urologist about the Urolift system. Urolift is an outpatient procedure that reopens the channel to increase flow. It can help you empty your bladder so you can stay on track. Get fast symptom relief while preserving sexual function with no cutting. Ask your urologist about Urolift. Most side effects are mild to moderate. Serious bleeding and infection events are rare. Visit Urolift.com. Call 800-851-2200 today. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A third kid? What if she likes playing golf? It's expensive. We're outlawing golf. Wait. Can I still play? Since we work with Empower, we don't have to worry about planning for a third kid. You can still play golf. Sometimes. Take control of your financial future to empower what's next. I got this mountain bike for only $11. DealDash.com, the fair and honest bidding site. This iPad sold for less than $43. This KitchenAid mixer sold for less than $26. A 4K television for under $2. A MacBook Pro for under $16. This PlayStation 5 sold for less than a dollar. And brand new cars for less than $900. DealDash.com offers hundreds of auctions every day. All auctions start at $0 and everything must go. And don't forget, we offer a full 90-day money-back guarantee on your first bid pack purchase. I want these Bluetooth headphones for $20. I got these three suitcases for less than $40. And shipping is always free. Go to DealDash.com today and see how much you can save. There are auctions going on right now. So what are you waiting for? I'm Sherry. I'm John. I'm a pharmacist. As we were starting to age, it's like, well, how can we help our cognitive abilities? We saw Prevagen. I did read the clinical study and went ahead and gave it a try. I feel that Prevagen is helping me with uh, overall clarity. And as a pharmacist, I've recommended it to not only just customers, but also to friends and family as a safe product to try. Prevagen, at stores everywhere without a prescription. We 
have some new court documents on that fella that they arrested and are accusing of being the guy who built the cinder block jail in his garage so he could, like, lock away women in there. Uh, and I say that because they got one of the women who was locked in there, uh, bloodied herself to get out, somehow was able to get out of a cinder block cell, jump over a fence, leaving her trail of blood behind. Very convenient for investigators, by the way. And then it led them right to uh, Nagasi Zuberi. We've got the mugshot of him, but we're trying to find out so much more. And every day there's something. Like today, court documents now suggesting. And by the way, thank you so much to our News Nation affiliate, uh, KRON in San Francisco, for getting these documents for us. Because it suggests that he allegedly targeted and raped underage girls in the San Francisco Bay Area. At least two. Uh, one of them in 2016, one of them in 2020. Here's the story on the 2016 one. She was 16 years old. She uh, told the police that she met a guy named Justin at McDonald's for sex. Um, mom then called the police because she feared that her daughter was pregnant after all of this. So he was arrested. Uh, the Justin is actually Nagasi Zuberi. He was uh, charged with the felony of unlawful sexual intercourse with a minor. He pleaded no contest. All right. Sentenced to 60 days in Alameda County Jail. 60 days. Okay, fast forward four years to 2020. Next up, he's accused of beating, strangling, and raping another 16-year-old girl in another car, this one in Oakland, California. Here's what happened, victim said. Uh, he flew into a rage, punched her three times in the eye with his fists, held her down by the neck, then threw her out of the car and drove off. Uh, there was a sexual assault in that whole episode. He pleaded no contest to that one, too. He was granted probation after just, are you sitting down? 56 days. <sighs> 56 days in jail, probation. Um, well, in 2021, the probation was revoked um, because he failed to report. <laughs> I guess that's not a surprise. And so the name Justin that you heard about in the 2016 episode, he had an alias, Justin Heish. And by the way, if you were watching last night, you saw me sort of going off because he showed up on Judge Judy using the name Justin Heisch. Judge Judy. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. All right. Our News Nation West Coast correspondent Nancy Liu is live in Portland, Oregon right now, not far from where the cinder block uh, prison was found in the garage in Klamath Falls. All right. So, Nancy, I am just I don't understand. The 2016 and 2020 crimes sound extraordinarily violent. They were against minors, both of these girls 16 years old, and yet he hardly served any time. What are we learning about this? Yeah, he pleaded no contest in both of those cases, and he served time 56 days in that egregious case involving the 16-year-old who was attacked in the car. But, yeah, he served that time, and then he was granted probation. And that happens a lot in California. And that's why there's a lot of criticism of the legal system in California, uh, of the system being too light on criminals. But there's another assault, Ashley. There's one last year in which he punched somebody in Denver. That case is still open. And as we heard yesterday, this has expanded to 12 states so far. We're waiting to hear back from the FBI to see if it's expanded even further because, as you mentioned, that mugshot is out there and people are responding from all over the place. People have had run-ins with this guy for the past decade, at least under his various aliases, under Nagasi Zuberi, under Justin Heiss, Justin Kuwasi, and Sakiman. Any other name that he may have used that we don't know yet. Well, and of course, benefit of the doubt, as we always give, uh, these are all allegations at this point. But boy, it's starting to look pretty difficult, like an uphill road for this fella. The 2020 episode is the same time that his the mother of his kids was filing a restraining or, uh, order against him. Was he on the FBI radar or was it a problem that he had all these aliases uh, as to why maybe he was not tracked before now. Yeah, it doesn't appear that he was on an FBI radar. A lot of his past, his uh, record has been on a local level. He's had eviction notices. He's had these assaults. He's got a DUI. But 
Yeah, and another eviction notice as well. Uh, but it doesn't appear that he's been on the FBI radar until now. And this incident in Klamath Falls with that woman breaking free, getting help, and now he's on a radar in a big way, big spotlight on him, and more things are coming to light. Whoa. Is he ever? So what I love about you is that you went right to the streets um, to, to find out if people knew this guy, if he's got a rap sheet out on the street. And wouldn't you know it, you found a bunch of sex workers who knew absolutely who you were talking about. Tell me what you found out. Yeah, amazing, Ashley. We worked uh, out on 82nd Avenue in Northeast Portland. Uh, that's an area known for prostitution. And let me tell you, I spent under an hour speaking with women out on the streets and immediately three of them said, yep, I know him. I've seen him around. I, see him in, I saw him in recent months. And one woman told me that he was verbally abusive unstable and a lot of the girls knew to steer clear of him so he was a familiar face to sex workers here in portland now we spoke at length with one veteran uh, sex worker here uh, she says the girls on the streets are especially vulnerable she is so glad the victim in klamath falls was able to break free but she knows that Nagari, uh, Nagasi, uh, Zuberi allegedly took advantage of these women because they're vulnerable. Take a listen. I wonder what she's been through before. I am so happy for her that she could fight back and not let this guy win because it sucks when the bad guys get away with stuff. It's very easy for anyone to say, come with me. If this person has any criminal background, if they have any vulnerabilities, if there's a huge power dynamic disparity, like someone who doesn't have a lot of rights isn't going to be able to say no. So they're going to go with anyone who seems to be an authority figure. These people can fly under the radar when they target people who don't have a lot of rights. And L, they're talking about an authority figure. Ashley, as you know, Zuberi allegedly posed as an undercover cop. And a lot of these girls on the streets, they're afraid to st uh, speak up and go to police because they're working the streets. Yeah, well, that was just like an incredible interview, like extraordinarily well-spoken about this issue. Uh, she knows what she's talking about. And um, thank you for, for finding uh, that perspective for us, Nancy Lou. Appreciate it as you continue to track down more. Every day we're getting such disturbing details. Nancy Lou doing the job for us uh, in Portland, Oregon area today. Um, the, the story that Nancy's covering is, is similar in a way to what we've been covering, you know, on the other side of the, the country, Long Island, the serial killer. Um, there was all sorts of talk that he had a soundproof vault in his basement. So if Rex Huerman says he's innocent, you would think he'd want to do everything to prove that. Why then won't he give a cheek swab for DNA? Why? Well, that's a good question. Hopefully we'll be able to answer that after the break. And then after that, the top 10 places where serial killers actually dump bodies. Why do they choose the places? What's the significance to it? Well, it turns out there is a lot of significance to it. You're going to hear the roadmap of what these people are thinking next. Trying vapes to quit smoking might feel like progress, but with three times more nicotine than a pack of cigarettes, vapes increase cravings, trapping you in an endless craving loop. Nicorette reduces cravings until they're gone for good. Cancer is a long journey. It's overwhelming, but you just have to put your mind to it and fight. It doesn't feel good because you can't play outside with other children. As a parent, it is your job to protect your family. But here is something that I cannot do. I cannot fix this. I don't know if my daughter's going to be able to walk. I don't know if she's going to make it till tomorrow. You can join the battle to save lives 
by supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, so they can focus on helping their child live. Childhood cancer, there's no escaping it. But St. Jude is doing the work, continually researching towards cures, giving more than just my child a chance at life. Please call or go online right now and become a St. Jude Partner in Hope for only $19 a month. Those donations really matter because we're not going to give up. And when you see other people not giving up on your child, it makes all the difference in the world. When you call or go online with your credit or debit card right now, we'll send you this St. Jude t-shirt you can wear to show your support to help St. Jude save the lives of these children. St. Jude is hope. Even today, after losing a child, it's still about the hope of tomorrow. Because childhood cancer has to end. Please, call or go online right now. Finding a companion at this age, it's a gift. I just love where I'm at right now. Silver Singles gave me my life back. Rediscover the magic of dating with Silver Singles. Sign up today at silversingles.com. I have type 2 diabetes, but I manage it well. It's a little pill with a big story to tell. I take one daily Jardiance. Guardians works 24-7 in your body to flush out some sugar. And for adults with type 2 diabetes and known heart disease, Jardians can lower the risk of cardiovascular death, too. Jardians may cause serious side effects, including ketoacidosis that may be fatal, dehydration that can lead to sudden worsening of kidney function, and genital yeast or urinary tract infections. A rare life-threatening bacterial infection in the skin of the perineum could occur. Stop taking Jardians and call your doctor right away if you have symptoms of this infection, ketoacidosis, or an allergic reaction. And don't take it if you're on dialysis. Taking Jardians with the sulfonylurea or insulin may cause low blood sugar. If your vehicle isn't under warranty, it's almost like a ticking time bomb. Sooner or later, it's going to break down, and you'll be stuck with a repair bill that could blow up your budget. Unless you have an auto protection plan from Everything Breaks. Our protection plans cover the expensive items that your auto insurance doesn't, like engine repairs, transmission, AC, computer systems, and more. Plus, our plans include 24-7 roadside assistance, free towing, free trip interruption, and free rental cars. Plans from other providers can cost between $100 to $200 per month. But with Everything Breaks, you can get the critical coverage that you need with plans starting at less than a dollar a day. And if you call right now, your rates will be locked in, guaranteed. If your vehicle is out of warranty, call us now to get protected before it breaks down. Call 1-800-374-4456. 1-800-374-4456. So you would think if you're innocent and you tell a judge not guilty, then you would do everything to prove that, right? Like, take my DNA, it ain't me. That's not what Rex Hurman's doing, the Long Island serial killing suspect. He's facing a world of hurt right now, right? He's facing three murder charges for three of the 11 bodies that were found on Gilgo Beach, suspected in the fourth, and the investigation is into all the others as well. So stay tuned. But he won't give his DNA. He won't let them swab his cheek. They said that the uh, prosecutors have an established probable cause to take it. Okay, that's one tack in a defense. Good luck with that. Um, but, you know, they found the pizza crust, right? The... I love this. It's the tactic that the the detectives follow their suspect. And when he tosses out whatever he's eating or drinking into the garbage, they grab it. There it is right there. Manhattan trash can. Pizza box stuff right out of the top. Boop, right out of the top. And they grab it. Pizza crust still in it. DNA from his lips are all over it. Now they just need to test it against him. See if it's him or not. But he won't give it. So wait for that answer. We'll see how that uh, all transpires. But in the meantime, it got us thinking about like the dumping grounds, right, of these um, all the serial killers that have made big headlines 
across the country. And we sort of wondered why. Why do they pick the places that, because they do cluster them, right? They do pick places where they keep going back to dump their bodies. And we thought, is it random? We Googled it. Oh, my heavens. Okay, so look at this. I got the top 10 places where serial killers have dumped bodies. Number 10, Green River in Washington State. Number 9, Lincoln Park in Baltimore, Maryland. Number eight, Central Pine Barrens in New York. Number seven, Tacony Creek Park in Philadelphia. Uh, number six, Humboldt Park in Chicago. Number five, East River, New York City. Four, Everglades National Park in Florida. Good luck ever finding those remains. Number three, Mojave Desert. That's uh, California, Arizona, Utah, and Nevada. Uh, number two, Pocono Mountains, Pennsylvania. And number one, Again, good luck with these ones, Louisiana swamps. Is there a method to their madness, we wondered? Is it more than just a convenient place to stash bodies? Turns out, yes. Gary Ridgway, uh, he dumped the first five of his 71 kills in the Green River after strangling and then having sex with the corpses. Uh, he told investigators that he viewed his bodies as possessions. He didn't like it when they were found uh, because he would lose them if they were found. Ted Bundy, notorious, uh, he called his dumping sites sacred ground. Here's his quote. They are part of you, and you are forever one. You feel the last bit of breath leaving their body. You then possess them, and they shall forever be a part of you. And the grounds where you kill them or leave them become sacred to you. Seriously? I want to bring in Mike King. He is a former homicide detective. He's also co-chair of the FBI's Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. He spent the majority of his 28 years uh, in law enforcement interviewing serial predators. And like the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez, you had lunch with him, prison lasagna, Mike <laughs> King, I might add. What are these? You give me your perspective. You've been face to face with these people. I can't imagine what that's like, but give me your perspective on what their dumping grounds say about them. Yeah, I think we can really get tunnel vision, Ashley, when it comes to these dumping grounds. I think we can, you know, try to make up reasons why they're used. But what I've found over the course of my career and from people that trained me and people I've worked alongside, <clears throat> and it kind of seems consistent, is the fact that the predator, like normal legitimate behaviors is number one looking to be successful they they want to get away with this and they generally are going to pick a location that they can be successful in disposing of the body I, I think there's a little bit of theatrics when we hear bundy or ridgeway or others talk about the special part of this ground i think it's more about the fact that they, they are then shaken because somebody does discover the place where they're disposing bodies. And, and, and so the first thing that I look for in these kinds of cases is trying to understand what the motivation of the offender was in selecting that particular piece of ground. Is it because they were successful? They could get away with it. It was a swamp where, where the body is going to be disappear, disappear quite quickly or predators are going to take care of the body and helping get rid of the body. Or is it something that's sentimental? And, you know, we look at it from a legitimate standpoint. I guess we all maybe have a special place in the yard that we put our uh, pet turtle when it died. And it, it's a place that we go out and we look at and we might think about little turtle or puppy dog or whatever the case may be. But these predators, I think first and yeah. foremost, it's about su success. I got 30 seconds left. I just wanted to mention Gary Ridgway felt violated, he said, uh, when his victims' remains uh, were found and collected. Um, but I'm also so fascinated. If you can give me just a quick one-two on that, that lasagna lunch in the prison with, with the Night Stalker, <laughs> Richard Ramirez. Can you just give me like, what that was like, your, your, your biggest takeaway from that? You know, I actually, um, it's horrible to say, but, but Richard Ramirez was very polite, but he was very much in control. Yeah, I can imagine that. I remember, I think you, you told the story at one point that when he was just 14, his cousin came back from Vietnam and showed him photos of him sexually assaulting and mutilating Asian women when he was in Vietnam. I always wonder if that's what the genesis was for his you know, twisted killings. Will you come back another time, Mike? I just love having you on. I'd love to. Thanks, Ashley. All right, Mike King joining us, uh, one of my favorites. So much information in that head of his. Okay, look at your calendar, folks. It's August the 8th. 
Does it ring a bell? There it is on your screen. Uh, if you're 50-ish, you will remember this day because this was the night that the summer of love gave way to the summer of terror. The Manson murder rampage began at Sharon Tate's home. It continued to the next night to the LaBianca home. And the name Charles Manson was etched into our memories. God forbid it. Uh, but this is it. This is the anniversary. So coming up next, Sharon Tate's family friend reflects on what this anniversary means to them a half century later. Back after this. Banfield is brought to you by Sotiktu. Find out more at Sotiktu.com. She found it. The feeling of finding the psoriasis treatment she's been looking for. So Tiktu is the first of its kind once daily pill for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis for the chance at clear or almost clear skin. It's like the feeling of finding your back is back or finding psoriasis can't deny the splendor of these thighs. Once Daily Sotiktu is proven to get more people clearer skin than the leading pill. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotiktu. Serious reactions can occur. Sotiktu can lower your ability to fight infections, including TB. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have an infection, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. Sotiktu is a Tiktu inhibitor. Tiktu is part of the Jack family. It's not known if Sotiktu has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Find what plaque psoriasis has been hiding. Ask your dermatologist about Sotiktu for clearer skin. So clearly you. Sotiktu. I was born on the south side of Chicago. It has been a long road, but now I'm working for Schwab. I love to help people understand the world through their lens and invest accordingly. You can call us Christmas Eve at four o'clock in the morning. We're going to always make sure that you have all of the financial tools and support to secure your financial future. That means a lot for my community and for every community. When we announced Last Call, some people got nervous. They thought we were going to slow down. Think again. Arthritis pain? We say not today. Tylenol 8-Hour Arthritis Pain has two layers of relief. The first is fast. The second is long-lasting. We give you your day back so you can give it everything. Tylenol, number one doctor recommended for arthritis pain. AG1 gives you the daily nutrients that form the foundation for your health routine. It's made with the highest quality ingredients, put through the strictest quality testing standards, so everybody can own their health. Start your journey at drinkag1.com. Known as a loving parent, Known for lessons that matter. Known for being a free spirit. No one wants to be known for cancer, but a treatment can be. Keytruda is known to treat cancer. FDA approved for 16 types of cancer. One of those cancers is advanced non-squamous, non-small cell lung cancer, where Keytruda is approved to be used with certain chemotherapies as your first treatment if you do not have an abnormal EGFR or ALK gene. Keytruda can cause your immune system to attack healthy parts of your body during or after treatment. This may be severe and lead to death. See your doctor right away if you have cough, shortness of breath, chest pain, diarrhea, severe stomach pain, severe nausea or vomiting, headache, light sensitivity, eye problems, irregular heartbeat, extreme tiredness, constipation, dizziness or fainting, changes in appetite, thirst or urine, confusion, memory problems, muscle pain or weakness, fever, rash, itching or flushing. There may be other side effects. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions, including immune system problems. If you've had or plan to have an organ or stem cell transplant, receive chest radiation, or have a nervous system problem. Depending on the type of cancer, Keytruda may be used alone or in combination with other treatments and is also being studied in hundreds of clinical trials exploring ways to treat even more types of cancer. It's true. Keytruda from Merck. See all the types of cancer Keytruda is known for at Keytruda.com and ask your doctor if Keytruda could be right for you. My most important kitchen tool, my brain. So I choose Nareva Plus. Unlike some others, Nareva Plus is a multitasker supporting six key indicators of brain health to help keep me sharp. Nareva, think bigger. August the 8th, 1969. 
It had been the summer of love, but that night it became the summer of terror. Because Charles Manson and his psychotic cult family members decided to descend upon Sharon Tate's home. And uh, if you don't know L.A., the Benedict Canyon area, uh, that's where she lived. And she was having some friends over and they murdered them all. Shot, stabbed, butchered. They weren't done then. The next night they went just a little ways away. And they murdered an innocent couple they had no connection to either. The LaBiancas, Rosemary and Lino. So we are at 54 years tonight from that happening. And um, Manson died six years ago in prison. Leslie Van Houten, who was responsible for the LaBianca murder, she was just released a couple weeks ago. There's another Manson family member who did take part in the Sharon Tate uh, murders, who's up for parole hearings in November. Gotta wonder what it's like for the victims, family members, and friends left behind. And... Alisa Statman is one of them. She's a longtime friend of the Tate family. She joins me live now. She's also the, also the author of Restless Souls, the Sharon Tate family's account of stardom, the Manson murders, and a crusade for justice. Alisa, thanks for being on tonight. 54 years later, I often wonder how the Tate family members process an anniversary like this. Do, do you have a, a feel for that? I do. Thanks for having me on, Ashley. I think that it's a lot like all of the other victims' family members. It's a time for quiet reflection on all that was lost um, and everything that could have been, the ifs, the what ifs, all of those things go along with it. And, you know, we still live in the house where Doris Tate received the devastating news the morning of August 9th. And that energy almost the the residual of that energy is still here you know you can still feel those same feelings as it was you know 54 years ago it's hard to believe you know sharon was um was due to give birth within a month or so and her child um baby boy would be almost my age i'm 55 that that child would be 54 and i couldn't believe it when i saw that Sharon would have celebrated her 80th birthday this year. Does the passage of time change anything year to year or decade to decade? No, you know, it's so easy. We hear this so often, so many people saying 54 years have passed, it's time to move on. You know, Doris Tate went through this years ago, all the way back in 82, 92. It's been 25 years, it's been 35 years, it's been 54 years. You know, it doesn't matter how many years have passed for a victim's family who has has suffered the loss of a child, a parent, whoever. You know, um, I think that, you know, Patty said time does not heal all wounds. And living with Sharon's murder, Mm. it it was more like learning to live with a gaping wound. You just learn to live with it. But the passage of time doesn't matter. And, and she also said, you know, this went through my parents' generation. It will go through my generation. It will go through my children's generation and for generations to come. And that's true because here we are. Patty's passed away. Her parents have passed away. And now we have Patty's children having to step up to the plate to try and defend us with other victims' family members. Well, listen, I'm appreciative that you're here to mark uh, her memory um, in in a positive way. It's just always been associated with such horror. Um, And, you know, we are coming up on this um, on this parole hearing for Patricia Krenwinkel in November. Will you will you come back and talk to us a little bit about the plans for the family? Because I know they go to all of them. And so I want to check back in with you to see how things are as we get closer to that date. Absolutely. You can bet your pants that they're all going to be there to to make sure that the parole board remembers the victims, remembers the horror, and tries to balance the good that we hear about the prisoners and and what they balance that as a a release date for the parole. Yeah, it's a focus on the victims. And whenever I see this picture of her face, um, I mean, what a a face. She, She just had such a future ahead of her in Hollywood. And um, hey, Elisa Statman, thank you for being here. Quick plug for your book again, Restless Souls, The Sharon Tate's Sharon Tate Family's Account of Stardom, The Manson Murders, and A Crusade for Justice. I'll, I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you, Ashley. Take care. All right, so coming up next, if you, um, like many, like millions, are, are dealing with Barbie mania, there is a dark pink side to that. Um, yes. Why, do you ask? When we come back after the break, I'm going to tell you who is after you, why they're after you, and why they probably are going to get what they want. That's next. Tomorrow on Morning in America, a former college football player, an affair in the Bahamas, and an alleged murder-for-hire plot. Adrian and Markey break down the shocking case, making headlines across America, starting at 6, 5 central on News Nation. My mental health was much better, but I struggled with uncontrollable movements called TD, tardive dyskinesia. TD can be caused by some mental health meds. And it's unlikely to improve without treatment. I felt like my movements were in the spotlight. Ingreza is a prescription medicine to treat adults with TD movements. Ingreza is different. It's the simple, once-daily treatment proven to reduce TD that's number one prescribed. People taking Ingreza can stay on their current dose of most mental health meds. Ingreza 80 milligram is proven to reduce TD movements in 7 out of 10 people. Don't take Ingreza if you're allergic to any of its ingredients. Ingreza may cause serious side effects, including sleepiness. Don't drive, operate heavy machinery, or do other dangerous activities until you know how Ingreza affects you. Other serious side effects include potential heart rhythm problems and abnormal movements. It's nice. People focus more on me. Ask your doctor about number one prescribed once daily Ingreza. Learn how you can pay as little as $0 at Ingreza.com. Why did we choose Safe Light? For us, driving around is the only way we can get our baby to sleep. So when our windshield cracked, we can't drive this. We needed it fixed right. We went to SafeLight.com. There's no one else we'd trust. Their experts replaced our windshield and recalibrated our car's advanced safety system. They focus on our safety so we can focus on this little guy. Safe Flight Repair, Safe Flight Replace. I will never again lose to my brother, decided Isa, because I've switched to consumer cellular, and now I get the same coverage he's got for half the cost. I'm the one who wins. Birds! When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Family's just very important. She's my sister, and we depend on each other a lot. She's the rock of the family. She's the person who holds everything together. It's a battle. You know, I'm going to be there. Keytruda and chemotherapy meant treating my cancer with two different types of medicine. In a clinical trial, Keytruda and chemotherapy was proven to help people live longer than chemotherapy alone. Keytruda is used to treat more patients with advanced lung cancer than any other immunotherapy. Keytruda may be used with certain chemotherapies as your first treatment. If you have advanced non-squamous, non-small cell lung cancer and you do not have an abnormal EGFR or ALK gene, Keytruda can cause your immune system to attack healthy parts of your body during or after treatment. This may be severe and lead to death. See your doctor right away if you have cough, shortness of breath, chest pain, diarrhea, severe stomach pain, severe nausea or vomiting, headache, light sensitivity, eye problems, irregular heartbeat, extreme tiredness, constipation, dizziness or fainting, changes in appetite, thirst or urine, confusion, memory problems, muscle pain or weakness, fever, rash, itching or flushing. There may be other side effects. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions, including immune system problems. If you've had or plan to have an organ or stem cell transplant, receive chest radiation, or have a nervous system problem. It feels good to be here for them. Living longer is possible. It's true. Keytruda from Merck. Ask your doctor about Keytruda. If you're over 50, imagine you could turn back the clock on your stiff, achy joints 10, even 20 years. Imagine you could do this without products that just temporarily hide the symptoms and may have side effects. Imagine no more. Introducing InstaFlex Advanced. Get a complimentary sample just by texting DEEP to 231231. InstaFlex Advanced is different because it targets the root cause of joint soreness and stiffness. It doesn't just cover up symptoms. Instead, it bathes your joints in its unique combination of five key natural ingredients found in no other product. Key ingredients backed by five clinical studies. InstaFlex Advanced is so powerful, you could have better knees in just one week. Maybe that's why it's the number one selling joint brand at GNC. But you can only get your complimentary sample by texting DEEP to 231231. 
Plus, text now and we'll include a tube of Instaflex pain cream with its exclusive oxygenated oil for fast-acting relief from the pain of arthritis, back aches, and sore muscles absolutely free. Text DEEP to 231231. Okay, two reasons to worry if you've got Barbie fever. Uh, thieves know it, and they are taking advantage of it. So case in point, there's a couple of theaters around the country that are doing back-to-back Barbie Oppenheimer, which means you'll be in the theater for about five hours. And the thieves have been, like, having a heyday in the parking lot, stealing everything from your cars. In Detroit, apparently near Detroit, he said there's a rash of break-ins. They're even stealing catalytic converters from theater goers who are like wrapped by the big screen and forgetting what's going on out in their little car. And then the second reason you need to be worried if you're a Barbie fan is that cyber criminals are after you as well. So it's a scam if you're seeing like free Barbie tickets and like free downloads of the movie or cheap downloads of the movie. Uh, They're stealing your credit card information and your personal information. So, you know, you can't just enjoy a good summer fun hit without those losers coming after you for some reason. So anyway, be forewarned. You're welcome. Thank you for being here, everybody. It's been really nice to have you along for the ride. I'm glad you're here watching me instead of Barbie. I will see you right back here tomorrow. Cuomo's next. It's Tuesday. We're live, and we have some information you need to hear, so let's get after it. We begin with a real concern. As you know, we're pushing hard here for transparency from the intelligence agencies and other government agencies about UFOs, or as they're known now, UAPs. But it seems that instead of telling you what you...